0: Look at this. This guy, he wants to speak already. He hasn't even started the show yet, and he's requesting to speak. <laughs> where's Where's Mark?
1: just wanted to say hey, and y'all were just talking, so I just wanted to just make sure hey, y'all were
0: good. Yeah, man, good to good. see you back. Thanks for coming yeah. back in.
1: Yeah, well, right. season's over, and I, I've been working night shifts, so I just wanted to say hi. That's all.
0: Nice, all right. man. Well, well, don't leave. <laughs> I'm
1: not. I'm not. I'm
0: listening tonight. I just wanted to say hi. <laughs> Come back up during the show, okay, Coach? Will do, sir. Hello, this is U.S. Rugby Happy Hour Live. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, Happy Hour Live brings you interviews with some of the biggest names in the U.S. rugby scene. And tonight is no different. We have CEO, the CEO of the newest MLR expansion team, Miami Sharks' Mark Winokur. So stay tuned for that interview with him coming up in a few minutes. If you're not already following us on Twitter or Instagram, please do so at Eagles Overseas and Rugby Morning. To get updates on future shows and news about USA Rugby, Major League Rugby, College Rugby, probably Youth Rugby in there. Whatever else it is, uh, we'll have it for you on one of those two uh, handles. Uh, I'm Bill Baker of Eagles Overseas, and thankfully with me tonight is Rugby Morning's John Fitzpatrick. Hey, Fitzy.
2: <laughs> hey, Bill. Hey,
0: everyone. Yeah, it was
2: close tonight. I was, uh, wasn't was sure if I was going to make it on time, but
0: uh,
2: kids cooperated in the end, and they're asleep, I You
0: think? think- the whiskey, the I whiskey, think. as like grandmothers used to do, like around the, i put them in the gums. So did that work? <laughs> no.
2: You know, if you tried that, to, if you tried that today, they'd probably take your kids oh, away.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, maybe. <laughs> 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 well, let's not, shh, well, I'll, I'll edit that out. I'm not uh, saying
1: I wouldn't <laughs> try it,
0: but I'm sure. We'll, we'll edit that out. Uh, <laughs> Well, you know, real quick, let's let's talk about...
2: That segment was actually sponsored by Jameson
0: Whiskey. (laughs) You know, the funny thing is, I'm sipping a 12-year-old Jameson right now, which is great. This is my new go-to sipping drink during our shows. Fitzy, before we get to our guest, uh, we want to get to him pretty quick because as as we look at our notes, we got a lot we want to talk about with him, but there's a couple of things I want to talk to you about. It's college rugby. Did you happen to see the teaser to that Quinnipiac College Women's Rugby documentary coming out?
2: I, I love rock rugby. I will watch any rugby documentary. That one was that little trailer was an exceptionally good one. I was impressed.
0: Yeah, and 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 I forgot. I'm watching and going, "That's a lot of Mar." She played for. I, I was <laughs> like, that, "That's right." And you forget about it. You know, it's not. It's not a big school. It's it's down there in Connecticut, well, down for me, the first D1 NCAA program, and now there's thirty. So in thirty doesn't mm-hmm. seem like a lot if you consider all the D one, you know, universities and colleges in the country. I mean that that's I, I can't wait to see that come out. You know, um as you know, I've been coaching soccer for a long time, high school and a little college age too. And one of my former players plays rugby at UMass. And on her list of schools she wanted to go to was Quinnipiac, a couple of the schools in UMass. She mm-hmm. decided on on UMass, she's playing rugby there, and then I sent her that documentary. She's like are you telling me I should have gone to Quinnipiac? <laughs> <laughs> well, I said, maybe.
2: <laughs> I sent her those rugby morning shirts. Did she?
0: Yeah. Get oh, it? that's a that's a good question. Yeah, and I also <laughs> sent her um, uh, Christine Summers' um, old Harlequins warm ups, so she has those too. So she's set. I'm pretty sure she's set. Wow. And okay. one last thing, uh, our old pal and um, former USA Rugby Men's head coach John Mitchell has landed. We heard he's now uh, yeah. apparently going to be named England's new uh, head of women's rugby. So good to see him some popping up in the northern hemisphere again uh, i'm actually looking forward to hearing where gary gold pops up you haven't heard anything have you
2: no but i feel like he knows something
0: you think gary knows something
2: you're not telling you're not te- i know i feel like you know something you're not telling you what's going on here
0: I, I think mark winneker in a minute is going to tell us he's going to be the new uh scrum half for the no wait you already have one of those <laughs> uh, <laughs> no i don't i don't i wish i did all right, man. Let's go. Let, let's get into our interview. Uh, we, we only have one guest tonight for you guys. Um, it's kind of designed that way. I think uh, we may be able to get maybe two or three extra minutes out of him, but I know he's a busy man, so let's get right to him. Joining us tonight, uh, again, is a man who is, is no newbie when it comes to starting rugby franchises. Let's all welcome Miami Sharks CEO, Mark Winneker. Hey, Mark. Can you hear me, we guys? can. How are you?
3: Yeah. I'm well. How are you guys? Sounds like you're having fun. Well,
0: <laughs> always having fun, Mark. Come on, we're talking about rugby. I mean, why can't? Why? Why wouldn't you have fun?
3: <laughs> well, it, it is supposed to be. It, when you get to the professional level, sometimes that that fun right. dynamic changes a little. Right. Bit well, fun.
0: we'll leave that up yeah. to you. <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, how are you, Mark?
3: Yeah, I, I, I'm. I'm well. I'm. I'm uh, uh, you know, not sure what day it is or what city I'm in, but um, <laughs> I, you know, I, hanging in and and we're we're just you know get getting going now, and it's um a big challenge, but uh fun so far, and no time to think about anything but uh just just trying to you know build this thing and, and get it off yeah I
0: mean and speaking of fun, you had quite the lunch party on last week in miami i I was listening to what I could, and it was right in the middle of our show also uh but I heard spanish I heard mm-hmm. English I heard an, an Irish accent at some point it looked to be truly a melting <laughs> pot I mean, how'd that evening go? yeah it was tremendous,
3: I mean, I think we expected uh we expected about 75% attendance, and I think we got about 110% wow. attendance. So it was great. I mean, I was in a room full of people of, of whom I knew pretty close to zero. But you know, a rugby <laughs> a rugby room is a rugby room, and, and it was
0: a lot of fun. I mean, hopefully you dress for the Miami Heat, and, and heat's nothing right now. So I can't, I'm, I don't know how you're going to do it in June.
3: Yeah, you know, this is what everybody tells me is, oh, oh just wait for the, the, the real hot weather. And, you know, we're kind of melting already because I lived 35 years in, in Canada. Yeah. So. This is a little different, but, uh, you know, just another another obstacle to overcome, and uh, I'm sure nobody's too concerned well, about well, you know what's gonna, comfort or discomfort. Yeah, you life. know what's
0: going to happen is you're going to have away matches in early June in Toronto.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's okay. We'll, that's okay. I'll, we'll tell the guys to pack their parkas, and, yeah, it'll be great.
0: Uh, one last thing for you before we really kick into the interview. While I was researching for tonight, I saw you grew up playing football before moving over to rugby. Were you a big CFL fan?
3: Uh, actually, I was. Yeah. Um, I played uh, college football at a school in Quebec called Champlain. I was on the first team ever wow. there, and they we were actually the, the host campus for their training camp. So I was a big Montreal Alouettes fan and a big CFL fan back in the day. I, I haven't followed it in, in many years, like, but
0: yeah, like Warren Moon days.
3: Yeah, Warren, even before that, Johnny Rogers, if you can oh, remember
0: wow. him. I mean, we really get back to, yeah, we're, we're, we're you know, back to dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> when they wore the leather helmets? No, not that long ago. <laughs> Sorry. <Yeah. laughs> All right. Yeah, <laughs> anyway. no. All right. So let's talk about the sharks, okay? Um, so, you know, we say most snowbirds leave Canada and, and the colder climates of the U.S. to move to Miami and retire, but that doesn't be, appear to be the case here, at least not the retirement part. So generally speaking, you know, I know you were already out of, of Toronto. So what made you want to join the Miami Sharks?
3: Um, you know, it, it, was, it was just, it, it really wasn't a, a long process. I was, you know, I was still in Toronto, yeah. but I had, you know, my job had evolved a little bit. And, and this came across uh, the desk of an agent friend of mine, a guy I deal with, you know, I dealt with as, as Gem of the Arrows, and, and he plopped it on my desk. And I said, you know what, let's take a shot. And it really kind of happened pretty quickly. It excited Mm -hmm. me about the passion and the energy that the ownership group had. And I thought, you know what? Get your shot, right? Because
2: there may not be another one. Yeah. Yeah, Mark, as, as Bill mentioned, you were part of the group that launched the Toronto Arrow. So this is your second crack, right, at putting together an expansion MLR team. Tell us, what did you learn from your time with the Arrows that you can put to use while building the Sharks?
3: Yeah, you know, it's, it's really, it's funny because it's really such a totally different set of circumstances. And, of course, with the Arrows, you know, we, we, we had some infrastructure with the top amateur team in, in Canada at the time, the Ontario Blues, the Mitchell team, uh, many of whom are still with the Arrows, but we had the core of that team. So we knew we had that. We knew we had a certain amount of following. And we really got off to a great start. And then, you know, COVID hit. And, and I mean, I don't think anybody was as as devastated by the pandemic as, as we were. We had to move yeah. to, to Atlanta for five months. We had to derail ticket sales for almost three years. We had to start all over from sponsorship. So it was really, you know, really a, a, uh, an unfortunate uh, series yeah. of events. And it's hard to say that you would take much typical learning, you know, out of it because, the pandemic just just changed the dynamics so dramatically. I think the the one thing that I would take out of it is you can't just rely on the rugby community. You've got to get new new sports fans involved as soon as you can. Um, not to ignore the rugby community, but certainly, you know, the, next, the, the ones that are going to make or break it for you are the ones that, that haven't been to a game yet.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, new fans are what really grow – uh, the sport and if you go on MLR Reddit I don't know if you've ever been on there and <laughs> peruse some of the, the the stuff that people say on there but I think a lot of fans were excited about MLR and expansion efforts and new teams coming up and you know Chicago certainly seemed like that came together pretty quickly and then there were rumors of you know St. Louis you know another group potentially and in Canada you know is the LA team going to bang is going to come back. I'm getting around to my question, but Miami was, it seemed like that kind of came out of nowhere. Maybe how long had the club been in the making? Was this kind of a a slow deliberate process or did this speed along pretty quickly after Chicago?
3: No, I think, no, I think there was, there was groups looking at Miami. You know, I know this from my, my, my days in Toronto. There was groups looking at at, at Miami, uh, you know, probably even before the pandemic hit, um, different groups, but it really got more serious around about last spring, summer. And there were, there were two or three groups, you know, bidding for the rights in Miami and, and, and this current ownership group that we have here prevailed, but no, it wasn't, it wasn't, this was not new news. There've been people who have,
2: you know, sort of looked at kick the tires on Miami team for probably three or four years. And was that part of, so this current ownership group, I'm assuming they did a bunch of market research and, but were they just really confident maybe in the, in the, the demographics that Miami offers in terms of population, um, nightlife, entertainment, rugby, all of that?
3: I think so. You know, listen, it's a very heavily Latin-influenced city. Um, it's always been a sports-mad city. You know, the Dolphins going back, you know, 50-odd years you know, to the unbeaten season, and, you know, then the Heat coming along, the Marlins and, and, and the Panthers and so on. Um, so I think they, they took the you know the, the heavy sports interest that there is that, that Floridians have and, and combined that with the, the Latin influence and and really felt like this is the place to, to put a team and, and take you know take it to the next level in MLR in terms of and fun and you know competition.
2: And have you been using Duolingo? Are you, are you boning <laughs> up on your Spanish? <laughs>
3: yeah, no, it's that's been that's been interesting. I mean I, I, I have a Decent working ability in French. Uh, I've, gotten to the, I've gotten to the point where I can read a paragraph in Spanish and I know what it's about. Yeah. And I've actually gotten in, in only a week. I've gotten to the point where I can pick out a couple of words and have some idea what they're, <laughs> what they're talking about. But I can tell that they're, they're not, at least to my face, you know, openly, uh, you know, <laughs> openly slagging me. But uh, it's yeah, no, that's that's going to be that's yeah. going to be a challenge. Fortunately, most of them, spe- you know, speak pretty good English, and, and you know,
2: we're rugby people. Mm. You know, that that's your own sort of culture yeah. and language under itself. What can you tell us about the the ownership group and, I guess, some of the, the front office staff that are started to be put into place in Miami?
3: Well, there isn't much. I mean, there's, <laughs> there's the, main, the main group of owners, uh, Connie Strasolini, Marco Galperin, and, and uh, they're the main guys. There are others. Um, there are only uh, three employees at this point. There's myself, uh mm. Mariano marco who is a argentinian but has lived in miami for 10 years and has you know a law degree and our head coach uh, jose palatina uh, coachy and that's it you know so <laughs> we you know we're carrying every single file that they're known to man right now and trying to figure it out and, and do all the you know get all the big pieces in place um, before we hire the next the next round and then we have to find a team and you know all that sort of stuff so it's you wake up in the morning; it's a little bit overwhelming, but uh, get to the end of the day, and you make progress.
0: So basically, you're working at the breakfast buffet at the Hilton Inn in <laughs> the mornings, going over plans.
3: Uh yeah, no, I've, I no, I've got a little place in, okay. in, in Pembroke Pines, and just just settling in and trying to get used to it, and you know, just trying to to meet as many people and get connected with as many people in, in South Florida as we can. You know, sponsorship and 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 stadium leases and broadcast deals and. And all that stuff uh, and just trying to piece it together and you know we're, we're kind of working a, a 26 hour day but um bit by bit you can see it start to, to form wow uh well
2: mark bill, yeah. actually mark if you're looking for your fourth employee <laughs> bill makes a great mascot he would be a fantastic mascot <laughs> for you a lot of energy yeah well listen
3: you know get yourself a shark suit and come on down and join join, join uh, the I've,
0: I've got usually mascots have big stomachs so i got it going I think, I don't know what I've seen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Hey, listeners real quick, just a reminder. uh, We'd love to have you come up and ask questions. Uh, You can do so by requesting the bottom left of the Twitter app. If you were listening in on the live streams on Twitter, I'm sorry, not Twitter, on Instagram, or facebook you can either drop a message into the chat there we can ask it for you or jump over to the twitter app and join us here uh this is this is a unique show that we offer here in the states it's not much like it uh to give you this access to people like mark winneker um and you can also ask myself for fitzy questions as well so there you go um with that said we do have our first question from coach red hey coach
1: hey and, and i appreciate you led me on and and mark i'm excited about the miami team and and i know this may be getting ahead of it because like you said there's only three employees but do you feel from what you're hearing that the league is going to add an additional team besides miami since y'all are probably play in the east division and will there'll be expansion in the west just to kind of keep everything even I know that's getting ahead of everything and you're just starting with three employees, but that, that's kind of, you know, something I would wonder in in order to keep the league, you know, even and, and keep things going.
3: No, that's, that's a good question. Listen, there's always people, you know, in discussion with, with folks at MLR league office and other, other board people. And, And there are, you know, a number, probably a small number of people, looking at 2024 or 2025 as an opportunity to get in. I I don't know the answer and I'm not being disingenuous. I honestly don't know the answer. These things tend to happen slowly and then all at once, if you Mm -hmm. know what I mean. Um, You know, I think similar to Chicago, which it wasn't a thing. It wasn't a thing. It wasn't a thing. And then it was. (laughs) Um, And, you you know, I, I think we're probably three or four months away from knowing exactly what the configuration Looks like I mean obviously everybody would like you know a balanced schedule and you know not an even number of teams but there's so many different things that go into the successful uh, launch of a team you know I really couldn't say it at this point I would say it's probably fifty fifty you know eventually there will be expansion mm. I, I, that's 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 a certainty but whether it happens next year I really couldn't
0: say and just speeding off what Coach asked there Mark let's just say they added another franchise this year whatever else. And it's it's a Canadian franchise, and with your knowledge of the landscape there, where do you think would be a great location? Well, listen,
3: I mean, it's no secret that people have looked at Vancouver mm-hmm. and, and Victoria. You know, I think. Listen, <laughs> the way that this works is the league doesn't just say, "Hey, let's put yeah. a team there yeah. and, and write them a check." It's somebody has to come up with with the with the money and, and do the work, and that that sounds simple because it's a short mm-hmm. sentence, but it's not. Um, and when you look at the conversion of, US, of Canadian dollars to U S you're putting a premium on what is already a very high price. So that's not to say that it, it will never happen, but you know, it, it it's a big ask, you know, if, if, if the, you know, buy-in prices, I'm making this up a little bit, yeah. but if the buy-in price is 10 million U S that's, you know, 13.2 million um, Canadian, which is, which is a couple of bucks. So, you know, could Canada support a second team? I, I'm not even sure about that, given the amount of talent that's been, mm. been drained south by by U.S. teams. Um, would it be a good market for rugby? Yeah, for sure. But as I say, there's just so many uh, different dots to connect before you get a, a you know a, a team kicked off. I really couldn't say what's going to happen there.
0: Yeah, and speaking of you know, there's that saying as you know, it's uh, you know no reason to re- reinvent the wheel. And I know you just said just three of you working full time you know have you already started looking at other the, the models that other organizations are using uh in other words are you looking at what other teams are offering fans let say like from festival atmospheres to youth programs anything to get butts in seats and, and gaining new fans yeah. and if so i mean sure. I, uh, you know if so i mean what can you take from those clubs
3: yeah no absolutely um and and you know i've been the, the fortunate thing is i've been around the league for for yep. a bit you know since since the beginning of year two and I know most of the most of the key, key actors and and know most of the places. And, and, you know, there are best practices. But the thing that's so um, challenging is every market is different. You know, Miami is as different from Toronto as night and day. Uh, It's as different from Utah as night and day. Utah is different from Houston. San Diego is different from from uh, Washington. You know, every every market has its unique advantages and challenges. Um, certainly all those things, youth rugby, uh, putting a great fan experience on so people enjoy the, the day and have fun and can afford it and want to come back and want to be part of it. That's all that's all critical. And there's a there's a bunch of different ways to do those things. And we'll do them here for sure. But it'll be in the a, in a South Florida way. Rather right.
0: than perhaps in a Utah way or a, a Washington State way, and I noticed the uh, the team already has a great social media social media presence, which I think is really important in this league, especially to you know get noticed and and seen. And it seems the club is really interested in hearing and getting input from the fan base. Is building already on things like jersey options. Uh, it was that mm-hmm. a planned thing, just a deliberate decision, or just kind of you guys just ran with it and just started doing it?
3: Yeah, no, no, that was a deliberate decision. I mean, we want to make sure that. First of all, I mean, you have to, you know, as I said at the beginning, you have to capture the local rugby fan base and have them on side. There have been other MLR franchises that started by alienating their local Mm -hmm. fan base, and they aren't even around anymore. So that's, you know, that that's job one is make sure the local rugby community is behind you. We think we think they are, and keep them engaged. I mean, there there are there are you know founding supporters. Um, and then we have to figure out, you know, how do we get that? We get that first three thousand in the stands through mm-hmm. the rugby community, and then we got to get that next five, six, seven thousand from just you know people who discover rugby and and fall in love with it and and just enjoy the unique kind of fun uh, party atmosphere the rugby game is.
2: Yeah, Mark, you, you talked a little bit about it. Seems it's you know definitely collecting the the, the flare of the the local rugby community. It seems like the club. Has really leaned into that whole Miami Vice vibe, you know, with the colors, <laughs> yeah. the attitude, the fonts and stuff. Yeah, is that the case? And is is there any merchandise available yet? Because look, I'm an I'm an old Glory DC no, man, no. but I might have to get yeah, some yeah, me too. <laughs> definitely getting
3: some
0: hats and shirts. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, no, we're we're getting we're just getting going on that now. In fact, we have a discussion about it uh, tomorrow. Um, yeah, listen, I I, I think that. If you're going to play out of Miami and make any noise, you, you've got to you've got to get with the local vibe and and just the colors of sky and magenta and black. Just seen, you know and white seem so perfect for Miami, so different from what's in the rest of the league. Um, and and we just kind of you know said yeah, let's let's embrace that that flair and, and you know that's how we're going to play and that's how we're going to present the
2: club and, and let's be all about it. Yeah, and speaking of. The, you know, so the team name Sharks, right? That seems like it makes so much sense, right? Based in Miami, were there any other names that made the short list? You know, there are a couple other Sharks out there in the rugged community. Sale, the Sharks down in South Africa, yep. competing claims on which is the best Sharks team. But uh, were there any other names that are under consideration? Uh,
3: that's you know that, that precedes me. I, I I don't know. I don't think so. I, I think that these guys had had been been set on Sharks from day one. I mean, I always go back to that that great Al Pacino movie, but um, <laughs> that, was a, that was a different sport. But, but yeah, I think I think that was the one that they wanted to go with from the beginning, and I don't think there was much much doubt or consideration. I think, listen, there's so many different ways to do that, and some teams, you know, name the team and get feedback, and you're never going to make everybody happy. So, you know, m- most of the teams in MLR have just said, look, this is what we're going with. We think this is a good,
2: brand exercise for us, and we're going we're to rock up and do it. Mark, I can tell you one thing that's gonna make everyone happy is if you guys refuse to play the song Baby Shark <laughs> during the games. You'll be off to well, the great start. listen,
3: if that song gets played, I can tell you for the record it will not be me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh Jesus. <laughs> so Mark, uh, let's let's talk South Florida professional sports market. All right. a, a lot of cities have this issue, a lot of teens trying to break into the market. You know, Miami area has a, a very rich uh, major sports uh, market, you know, and then you add in tennis, Ooh. soccer, probably highlight. Yeah. Uh, any worries being able to break into that, that tight market?
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't say worries. We know it's going to be a challenge. You know, there, there is so much to do here, you know, uh, and not just sports. There is, there is, you know, all kinds of things to just mm-hmm. be outside and, and sitting inside watching television may not be one of them. Um, but we think, that rugby is a different enough, and you know this is because you're rugby people, you, rugby is a different enough culture that we think we can get people who, you know, have an idea of what going to a pro sports game is to see this differently. This is, you know, rugby is probably the most interactive professional sport there is. I, I can't think of, you know, uh, I'll go back to the Toronto example, but you're not going to go to a Leafs game and then have a chat with Austin Matthews at the board to mm-hmm. this game. You're not going to go to a Raptors game and, and, and chat with, with Scotty Barr. I mean, that's not happening. You're not getting anywhere near these guys. They don't know who you right. are, and they're not going to give you the time of day. Not not because they're not good people, but just that's not the model of most sports Rugby is such a culture, you know, that, that you know, you see fans mixing with players after the game. You you know, you see key sponsors and fans up mm-hmm. at the at the post-match dinner. Um, you see players going out to schools and making appearances. Rugby is just so much more interactive. We think we can get you know, uh, we, once we show people and they get to experience that 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 interactivity and that being part of the rugby family, actually, um, we think that'll we think that's our our you know our USB
2: uh, in terms of, of of a selling point. Now, speaking of selling points, one of the biggest things will certainly probably be stadium, right? Like where are you guys going to play and all <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and so social, you know that the club is scouting a few local locations. I think uh, Florida International's football stadium, but uh, you know what's again? It's early, right? Well, what is the club looking for in a home stadium, and kind of what's the timeline for some type of any kind of announcement?
3: Well, the timeline is, you know, yesterday. I mean, we're working on that. that We're working on that um, night and day, Uh, you know, that's, that's job one along with sponsorship and, and, you know, broadcast partners. These are all top, top shelf things. Um, We're in fairly advanced discussions with a couple of places. Um, It it's, you know, and I'm not, again, I'm not being disingenuous. I don't really have anything official to tell you. It's, it's, I don't think people appreciate what a difficult needle that is to thread. You have to line up available dates, available broadcast windows, right-sized stadiums, people that want you, uh, and and places that you can afford, and then you know shake and stir and get get a proper drink. And that's it's not as easy as people think. Oh, why don't you just play here on this day? Well, you know we would if we could, but you know uh, until. MLR gets to a point where teams outright own their stadiums or have you know full um, anchor tenant rights, then you're gonna have to get that combination of you know time, place, price etc um, just just right and and we're we're pushing on that we think we have a couple of very very good solutions and we hope to get that done you know as soon as possible. Yeah.
0: Marco, let's jump to player pool. Um, have you had a chance to get a look at the Florida rugby scene? Um, you know, places you might be able to pull players from, maybe some combines as such?
3: Yeah, a little bit. I mean, so, this is, you know, it's an interesting thing. And, and you know, we appreciate the, the the Florida rugby community as as all teams do appreciate their base. As MLR, you know, has gotten stronger um, and, and the quality of play has risen in the league, the gulf between it and amateur rugby is, has Mm -hmm. grown. Uh, And I am not criticizing amateur rugby. I mean, it is what it is and it's great. That's what most rugby is. is But the, you know, the, the, the likelihood of somebody who's playing for his college's second team or his Div two local club, being able to uh, join a fully professional environment and make a difference is, is not high, Mm -hmm. you know? So, We're, listen, we, we have a, a long-term plan to develop local talent. There are a lot of great athletes in Florida. There's a lot of people who are working really, really hard to develop junior rugby programs. There's one up in in Weston, you know, Cappy guys who are doing just an absolutely tremendous job with a junior program. That's going to take a while. So, you know, we'll, I don't think that we'll rely solely on local talent for our, domestic player base i just don't think that's that's realistic right but in in you know in in half a decade maybe you know maybe you know the the local the local talent pool the guys who are 16 17 now are are good enough and that would be that would be just ideal
0: mark do you have another five ten minutes to stick around sure. awesome uh so speaking of that now as far as miami and, and players uh, you know, many athletes have come to M.L.R. late in their careers and look at destination cities like New York, San Diego, L.A. Do you feel Miami will be another one of those cities where it, it be a little—I you know, want say easier, but a nice draw to those players?
3: I, for sure, a hundred percent. I mean, I, I, I've gotten you know in my inbox uh, notes from people who I've you know I've watched play on television for years. Right. Um, that's not really where we're going with this. I mean. You're probably going to want to have some some players in the sunset of their career who still have some value and can bring that 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 skill and professionalism yeah. and experience to your to your room. But we're not going to to you know we're, the goal is not to put out an over thirty five team, uh, and you can only have a certain amount of foreigners on your game sheet anyway. So mm-hmm. um, the 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 emphasis is on finding you know top young domestic talent, and then you know we'll be able to certainly get. A, a very strong list of um, non domestic players onto this roster, no problem. I mean, right you know, right now we probably have I'd say well north of a hundred quality um, CVs on the right. you know, on the drive, and we'll start to weed those
2: out
3: as we go forward.
2: Mark, yeah, I want to turn and chat a little bit about the uh, the coaching staff, head coach Jose Palacena. um I heard him say he plans to move his entire family to Miami to really be committed to the program, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what kind of commitment did the club give him? Is he on a long-term contract or?
3: Yeah, know I think, listen, I think we, we know this is, you know, uh, I'm not going to share the details here, but we know this is a, a, uh, you know, a, a, there's a runway to get this thing up and going. And there's, there's a certain amount of time you need to have a, you know, to, to build the culture. Uh, he seems like a, a very thoughtful, uh, open-minded coach who, uh, it, it, you know, it's not his way or the highway. It's very much a collaborative effort. What can we do here? How can we get creative? Really about culture and the right fit and having the right type of person in, in the room. Uh, that's the first thing he asked me every time, you know, so-and-so. And I'll say, yeah, yeah, know, I know him. Uh, <laughs> Good guy? <laughs> that's the first question. You know. So I think that's – because that's so important, again, going back to rugby being just a big community. It's not just about what we do on the field and then go home. It's what we do on the field and then how we talk to the folks afterwards and engage them and, and the sponsors and everybody else.
0: Okay, just a couple more questions for you. Sure. Looking at the broadcast market, I mean, obviously we're still early. Have you had a chance to communicate – with potential broadcast partners in Southern Florida, and if so, what should fans expect?
3: Yeah, no, I, I have. Um, fortunately or unfortunately, my my real world uh, work background—I was a media sales guy for thirty years mm. in in Canada and the U.S. So I know that that part of the business, you know, reasonably well. And and yes, you know, we've had some good discussions with with a couple of people, and I, again, early days. But I'm I'm getting a sense that. Um, We'll be welcome, and we'll figure
2: that one out. You know, pretty quickly. It's just a question of, you know, time and getting together with folks. Right. So, Mark, you've been you've been in Hemelar, I guess, what six years now, uh, and you've seen it from kind of the beginning to to now. You know, how would you grade the success of the league, and and kind of what do you envision will happen? You know, over the next uh, few seasons of where this can go.
3: Well, I think, you know. I think the, the biggest thing that, and I don't know that people, you know, cause I see, I do see that Reddit stuff and people are complaining about, you know, this guy's Jersey doesn't fit. <laughs> you know, I didn't like my hot dog. Uh, I get it. <laughs> But the the guy's jersey that,
2: who didn't fit was Romero Herrera, <laughs> was about
3: 320 pounds. You, your saying. your wor- your words not nope. lying. Um,
2: <laughs> uh, he's big. He's a big massive dude. I'm I, glad I know. He
3: anyway, <laughs> but, but the the point is th- this is a this is a startup league that um, made it through the pandemic without canceling a game, kept the doors open, kept people paid and, and employed, made it through. We're now just on the other side of that. You're starting to see significant growth in cities like San Diego, and their numbers are are you know off the chart this year. They get the new stadium; they're doing really well. Utah are strong. You know, are are there teams with challenges? Yes, um, but you know, I've been a sports fan for a long, long time. I'm an old man, and I don't recall very many leagues that started out and didn't shed teams. You mm-hmm. know, at a at a rate of speed. So. You know the fact that we haven't—we're still here. Most of the original, you know, franchises are still here. There's been some chop and change, and some movement, and some false starts, and for sure. But I think you know the the approach of build slowly and and then you'll start to accelerate as things move forward and not get ahead of ourselves. I think that has worked, Um, and I think you're going to start to see the next. Uh, five years is really where the, the exciting growth will happen leading into the, the World Cup in 2031.
0: So, Mark, let's uh, let's wrap it up with one last w- listener question, and I have one more for you after cool. that. Uh, let's go to Corey. Hey, Corey.
1: Hi. How's it going? Uh, first off, just want to commend
2: you guys for um, what you guys have already started already selling tickets I think is fantastic and I think uh, your guys' packages look really good I was in Chicago so I won't be Thanks. purchasing one but a Hound season ticket holder um, <laughs> okay. but my
1: question is I saw recently that uh, there's some academy tournaments starting up soon and the Florida Jaguars were one of the teams it looks like from looking at them that they have a U23 U19, U16 and U14
2: um, looks like it's a pretty well established club has there been any talks with them about establishing in a relationship or are you guys looking to start, uh, start fresh
1: with an Academy?
3: Yeah, no, no, no. We absolutely, we're in touch with them. And, and, you know, I think I alluded to them earlier. They do a great job. They're, they're, they're ready made, you know, plug and play. We'll figure out a way to work with them and, and, you know, they'll bring us into their fold, and we'll bring them into ours. And yeah, we will definitely, that, that's one of the bright lights that, that we've seen is that, you know, they're 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 not sort of ready for mlr yet but there's certainly a pipeline there that we can we can we can look at it we're excited to work with them and see if we can you know enhance what they're already doing
0: and vice versa thanks cory uh hey, with actually uh just right off of what cory just said there um what can you say about the season ticket sales so far how are they going
3: well, I think it's only been, Wait, what, it's two only days been about a week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's about six days, but yeah, it, it's it's going well. You know it it will certainly jump once we get things like the stadium uh, uh, announced and the broadcast partner announced and start to sign more players and it yeah. it starts to coalesce. The, you know the, but the early the early response from at least you know the the supporters, the usual suspects, the rugby community guys has been great. Um, we need some of those other pieces to fall into place before we can really count on, on, you know, some new people. All
0: right, Mark, last thing, um, whether it's music, um, sports actors, um, who is, or was the greatest, greatest Canadian ever?
3: (laughs) The greatest Canadian ever. Well, you know, I mean, listen, (laughs) um, I'm going to be a little sentimental because he just passed away. Oh. But Gordon Lightfoot, who I saw in that, concert many yep, times, yeah,
0: exactly was my
3: tremendous yeah. guy. He just passed away the other day, and, and you know, <sighs> um, he was a, he was a Canadian icon. I mean, there's there's others. You know, there was Gord Downey from the Tragically Hip. Yeah, um, you know, there's there's politicians, there's astronauts, there's actors. You know, hockey
0: uh, players, whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
3: We don't. We don't have enough time to, to go through that. And and, and the, the, in point of fact, I'm not actually a Canadian, so oh. um, I, I can't. Well, really there goes get, all my questions. Really what the hell? <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Well,
0: yeah. you nailed Gordon Lightfoot, That was my on my list. Um, not even Gretzky. Okay. So um, yeah, he's. <laughs> All right. Hey, listen, Bill, yeah, I was ahead.
2: going to offer up red. I was going to offer up red green. That was a show. My dad. Yes. watched wow. When I was a kid. And I, yes. it was pretty funny. The guy would duct tape yes. cars together.
3: Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. That, that's that's boy, that's going back a bit.
0: Yeah. Uh, nice. Hey, Mark, um, thank you so much for giving us this, this valuable time of yours. I know you're busy as hell. Um, we We wish you the best. And we're really excited about this Miami franchise
3: i appreciate that i you know, any any support is, is good support um we're just we're we're, we're trying to be transparent yeah. and open about what we're doing and when we have things to tell people we will certainly you know tell them we're excited too we can't wait and you know the, the nine months so the kickoff will will go by we'll go by pretty quick but uh right now there's just uh, there's a lot to do so i, I appreciate i appreciate your support
0: Okay. Of course, and if you need two models for your your merchandise magazine, uh, John and I are available. <laughs> we'll even pay for our own flights
3: down. we are um, <laughs> trying sure. to sell merch. Oh, okay, we'll we'll, uh, we'll we'll get back to you on that. <laughs>
0: All right, man. Thank you so much, and good luck.
3: Thank you. Cheers.
0: Cheers. Uh, everybody else, thank you so much for tuning in. Whether you were streaming online on Facebook or in, or, or uh, YouTube, thank you so much for listening. It's been a great conversation tonight. Tonight with mark winnecker the ceo of the miami sharks uh the new uh, mlr franchise uh, lots of exciting stuff coming out of south florida and we're pumped with that said fitzy anything from you or are you done
2: no sorry i'm good i just took a swig of <laughs> <So>.
0: <laughs> but with that said i'm waiting for a belch don't do that for john fitzpatrick <laughs> and rugby morning i am bill baker from eagles overseas thank you so much and tune in next week good night everybody Hey, listener, we really appreciate you tuning in to these replays of Twitter Space's U.S. Rugby Happy Hour Live. Please like, subscribe, or follow, and leave us a five-star review that helps get these shows in front of more and more listeners. Now, what are you waiting for? Go check out the other shows.